optimized my bottlenecks, removed redundant pointer checks, the databases subselects are indexed to a T. They shaved the microseconds down till there was nothing left to count. I instantaneously found the answer in a breeze. But I've been feeling so alone. Nobody is calling from a functional. It's the Monday Morning Show. I'm your host, Ken LaSalle. That's Josh Woodward singing Dead Code. You can find out more about Josh at joshwoodward.com. You can find out more about me at kenlasall.com. Today is June 30th, 2014. So here's the thing. I've got this other podcast I host. You may have heard of it. It's called So Dream Something. And each month, I talk to a different person about following their dream. Recently, that podcast attracted... What are they called? Oh, right. Listeners. And I kind of liked it. So, I thought I'd go again. Welcome to the Monday Morning Show, where I start every week talking to you about all the things I find interesting, important, or just worth mentioning in 10 to 15 minutes. I'm going to gloss over quite a few things, and then I'll gloss over them again next week. But with any luck, you'll enjoy what you hear. Let's see what's in the news this week. BP Oil wants its money back with interest. Now what's that all about? Do you remember the Deepwater Horizon disaster back in 2010? Of course you do. It was on all the websites. BP Oil basically broke the Gulf of Mexico in the worst oil spill known to man. The devastation they brought about was catastrophic to a region that was already dying from all sorts of other man-made poisons. Then, BP added trillions of insult to injury, and now we have a gulf filled with poison, dead sea life. I won't kid you, it's bad. Afterwards, a few businesses that made their livelihoods in the gulf, we're talking about fishermen, shrimpers, etc., sued for compensation from BP for basically destroying their business. You know, because BP had killed everything in the Gulf. What they didn't kill, you would never want to eat, believe me. Now, BP claims it paid out nearly $8 billion as a result of those claims. BP claims this was unfair. Just to recap, BP caused a holocaust in the Gulf of Mexico and now claims they are the victims. So why is this ludicrous? Last year, BP Oil posted profits in excess of $3 billion. That's just their profits. The amount they claim to have paid to those businesses they destroyed is just a little more than double that. So they don't make billions of profits for a couple of years, you say. So what? The problem is that we all live in this economic system where profits are... What are they? Well, they're God, basically. We worship them. Nothing is more important. You can poison us. You can make cars that kill us. You can turn our water into flammable gunk. But if your business ceases to turn a profit, well, you're a victim. And that's just not right. I wonder sometimes why we allow such despicable businesses to exist. After all, it's totally within our power to put an end to this. If we wanted to, 
we could say to such despicable businesses, no, your continued existence is intolerable. After a company like BP creates a disaster such as the one they caused in the Gulf, they should not be allowed to continue. Is it too much to ask, after all, that one company not be allowed to destroy the Gulf of Mexico? I don't think so. We can change that. All we need to do is put our mind to it. Next up, video games. I have got to work on my segues. I've been playing video games, loving video games, since I was a kid way back in, well, for a long time. And I honestly believe we're entering a kind of golden age. I just finished the Elder Scrolls title Skyrim this weekend. The game is just beautiful to look at, written wonderfully, with some terrific characters and moments that had me glued to my seat. Until the end. Which absolutely sucked. Still, the same can be said for Stephen King's books, and don't argue with me, the man cannot write an ending to save his life, and we still pay attention to them. Fortunately, though I finished that game, Steam had their summer sale this past week, and that brought me... You know, I'm a little ashamed to admit this in public because my wife is going to find out and shake her head at what a geek I am. It brought me 20 new games. I know, it's it's shameful for a grown man, but you know what? I'm not that into sports, so. So what did I pick up? Some games I've been dying to get, such as Saints Row 4, Witcher 2, and Endless Space I picked up. I know these aren't very new titles, but that's the thing with Steam sales. I always find myself just a little behind the curve. I also picked up some indies I've been dying to try, such as Gone Home, Brothers, and Little Inferno. I can't wait to try them. Now, if you're not into video games, I completely understand. But you should know that video games have come a long way. I remember being a kid and playing... You see, when I tell you this, you're probably going to guess my age. Okay, so I was playing Pole Position. Yes, Pole Position. The original stand-up arcade game. The game stuck you to this winding road, and I always wished I could drive off the road and go wherever I want. But games weren't close to being that advanced yet. They wouldn't be that advanced for a long time. Enter No Man's Sky. This is a new title being developed for the PS4. I don't have a PS4, but this is a good sign of what we can expect soon on all consoles and on the PC or Mac and whatever comes next. No Man's Sky starts you off on a planet with a spaceship. You can take that ship and fly into space and explore an entire galaxy. How does the game do this? The galaxy is procedurally generated which means that the program generates the galaxy as you see it and remembers it for later on. Mind you, it's doing this while thousands of other players explore the galaxy with you and have space wars and so on and on and on. When you say, I want to go there, it lets you. What's not to love? And now that I've come across sounding like a total dork about video games, let's talk cycling. Yes, 
by cycling. I love cycling. I don't cycle nearly as much as I would like, but I really enjoy it. My ride of choice is a giant TCR2, for those wondering. It's a road bike, and a pretty nice one at that, as far as I'm concerned. I was riding centuries a couple of years ago. A century, by the way, is a hundred-mile ride. But I've fallen out of practice since then. But I'm trying to get back to it this year. In fact, I was out riding yesterday. Now, I live in Anaheim, California. That's where Disneyland is, for those of you who don't know. My usual ride takes me out in the direction of the beach, along a trail that follows the Santa Ana River. My plan yesterday was to cycle down to the beach and back, which I suppose is about 35 miles. I say I suppose because I never made it to the beach. Instead, I got a pretty bad blowout. Now, my cyclist friends out there are probably saying, so what to that? The thing is, I hate fixing flats. I'm not mechanically inclined, so I do everything I can to avoid unnecessary repairs. How do I do this? For the last few years, I've avoided flats by riding on armadillo tires. Armadillos are bike tires with a layer of armor to protect from punctures. Sounds like marketing nonsense, you say? Normally, I'd agree, except my armadillos have kept me flat-free for three years. Not bad. Then, of course, after my tire was flat, I realized that three years is a long time to ride on two tires. My armadillos had gotten pretty worn out, so it looks like I'm going to have to put an order in for some new tires. But that doesn't mean cycling will come to an end, because in less than a week begins the Tour de France. I love watching the Tour de France. Imagine having to cycle across France. And not just across France, but up the highest mountains against the fastest cyclists in the world. It's crazy. You wonder why cyclists like Lance Armstrong took performance-enhancing drugs? It's because they had to. It's amazing that some riders finish after what they go through. Now, my rider is Andy Schleck. The man is not only a terrific cyclist, but he's honorable and well-spoken. He not only seems worthy of the victory, he looks like he can do it. So I'll be watching the Trek Factory team this year. I was surprised to find that Bradley Wiggins, victor in 2012, will not be returning. His win in 2012 was well-earned. And I am running out of time. Yep, that's how fast this goes. Just as I get started, we're done. But before I go, let me give you one cool thing for the week. I downloaded Blue Man Group's song, Shake Your Euphemism, the other day, which has more euphemisms for the human booty than any song ever. It's a lot of fun and worth checking out. Before I go, I'd like you to know that this episode has been brought to you by my wife. No kidding. I'm married to this incredible woman named Vicky. A couple of years back, we sat down and talked about me pursuing a career as a writer full-time. Since then, she's not only been in my corner with moral support, she also has a good job. Let me rephrase that. She has two good jobs. Plus, she's going back to school to get her MBA. 
I've never known someone as driven as Vicky, which is probably why we get along so well. I'm crazy about what I do, and so is she, and I would never have come this far without her. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention her in my first show. And that's the Monday Morning Show for June 30th, 2014. Be sure to check back next week for another episode. Head on down to KenLaSalle.com for all the latest. You can also find my ebooks, paperbacks, and audiobooks all over online, etc., etc., etc. You have yourself a terrific week. Be good to yourself. Be kind to others. Let's make this world a better place. If I'm dead, code wipe the drive Cause I'd rather be a memory than a ghost who's still alive